Well, hey there, sweet peas. Welcome back to Friendless, the only podcast that tries to teach you how to be a better friend while I lose every friend I have. I'm your host, James Avermako, and today we're doing another Lil Guy episode. I'm still trying to figure out the sort of like interlacing of the interviews with the book chapters and then these little guys, but um, I'm just sort of like figuring it out as I go. Who needs perfection when you are perpetually creating content, right? (laughs) But today we're going to explore a topic that I continue to try to process, overcoming the fear of intimacy. It's a funny question. What exactly is intimacy in the first place? A simple explanation of it, I suppose, is that it is a closeness between two people in relationship. But it also feels like it's something harder and sometimes scarier um, to hold or to, I guess, experience with someone. Intimacy comes in all different forms. It comes from with family, with friends, with romantic partners. Um, but it really all boils down to how closely you feel you are in connection with this person. And a fear of intimacy, well, that manifests in all kinds of different ways with all kinds of different people. Uh, it can stem from, amongst many things, past experiences, mistimed vulnerability, or a fear of rejection. But no matter the origin, it's often a significant barrier to forming the deep and the meaningful connections that um, we often desire. I have struggled much of my adult life with a fear of intimacy. And I've been reflecting on it as I've written this script that I can't really pinpoint exactly where that comes from. In some ways, when I look back, it's almost like I used to be really open and it used to be really easy for me to be intimate with with friends, with family, with partners. And then somewhere along the line, I just woke up kind of terrified of everything. It, It was like just years of slow erosion kind of led me to where I am. And that's really what the heart of this little guy is supposed to be about is, um, what can we do about it? Um, because, you know, I want to improve my intimacy skills and my intimate connections. And I thought as I started doing research and started processing, um, I would kind of make some notes on on some of the things that have been helping me. I by no means, once again, I probably said this in the last one, I am not where I would like to be, but I am putting myself on the path towards where I'd like to get to. And so I thought I would share the the strategies that I've been developing for opening up and overcoming this fear that um, I would then kind of walk you through. And and if it helps, amazing. And if it doesn't, well, sorry, pal. (laughs) So here we go. Let's start with one that sounds so simple, but is probably the most important step. And that is step number one, cultivating self-awareness. It's really important to take some time to reflect on your own fears and insecurities and really ask what are the underlying beliefs or experiences that contribute to your fear of intimacy. For me, um, much of my therapy, especially recently, has been spent processing um, my, I guess you would call it underdeveloped sense of self-worth. This in the past has led me to overcommitting and then sort of inevitably burning myself out. I'll then overcorrect and just completely cut myself off from the world, which obviously leaves me isolated and feeling really lonely. And so I'm often 
wrestling with this fear that if I commit again and if I become intimate again, all that's going to happen is that I'm just going to get hurt again. It's It's been the cycle of the past. What's, what's going to change next, right? One thing my therapist loves to say is that all vulnerability can only come with the risk of harm because you can't be soft without showing your belly. So really sitting with yourself and asking, what is it that you're so afraid of? What is it that you're so insecure of? Take some time and write it down. I'm a big believer in writing stuff physically on paper. Um, if you were to ever see my office, which is just my living room, but you know, um, it's just riddled with, with notebooks of all shapes and sizes and varying degrees of use. But um, I just love taking out a piece of paper and writing this stuff down. So I encourage you to do that. Uh, you can do it while you're listening to this or you can do it uh, after, go back, take notes, all that fun stuff. Anyway, write this down. Um, once you've identified these fears, it's really important to then practice self-compassion. You got to remember, we're all human. There has never been a human that's not just a human. And it's really natural to have fears and vulnerabilities. So you've got to treat yourself with kindness and understanding as you start this process. And I know it's really easy to say a thing like, oh, just love yourself. But it's then this whole other thing to actually put that into practice. One of the uh, daily practices I've been implementing is a daily morning meditation that's all centered around self-esteem. So I will sit, close my eyes, and I'll start repeating a few kind of soft or loving statements to myself. Sometimes it'll be stuff like, you're enough, you don't need to be perfect, people like you and want to be around you. And the thing to remember is that this is more about first slowly building up my tolerance for these thoughts before then eventually actually starting to believe them. But it's also really important to remember that this is a process and that process is slow. You're not going to just feel better overnight. You're not going to just sit down and do one meditation and suddenly you're fixed. It's it, it, it takes time, it takes patience, and it takes commitment. It's You got to think of it like basically working any other muscle or learning any new skill, self-love takes dedication. Think of it like this. You've spent your entire life learning one direction of thought. So if you spent the equal amount of time from now forward, the best you can hope for is just getting to essentially net zero. And that's not supposed to be um, discouraging. It's about dismantling this need for perfection or enlightenment. It's not about completely dispelling these thoughts. It's about learning how to soften the sharpest bits of them and and tolerate when they appear. The goal here isn't to not feel your feelings, but to know what to do with them and work through them rather than just trying to ignore them altogether. Keep in mind that more often than not, ignoring a feeling is just going to cause it to come back harder and more intense next time. So you got to learn how to work with it and through it rather than just pushing it aside. Three key sort of actionable steps for this is, number one, to challenge your beliefs. Examine the beliefs you hold about intimacy and relationships and ask, are they serving you or are they holding you back? you got to challenge the negative or limiting beliefs and replace them with more empowering and realistic ones. And understand that intimacy 
It can be beautiful and fulfilling. It doesn't have to be scary. Feelings can feel real, but that doesn't make them valid. The next is to start small. Like I said, it's gradual. Take those gradual small steps towards intimacy by opening up to trusted friends or loved ones. Share your thoughts, your feelings, your experiences, and allow yourself to be vulnerable in these safe and supportive environments. And don't just dive into the deep end, you know, start with sharing your thoughts and opinions on light topics and then get used to tolerating that feeling of discomfort until you can gradually start moving towards more personal and deeper conversations. Basically, just don't trauma dump, you know what I mean? And the third, and again, I know sometimes this feels like the hardest barrier, but the third step really is to seek therapy or counseling. Your friends, your partner, your parents are not therapists. Unless they are, you know, clinical therapists. But like even then, that's a little bit of a moral gray area. Obviously, these people are very helpful to be sometimes sounding boards and things like that. But it's really only professional guidance that's going to give you the actual tools and the actual insight into developing these skills. Therapists are literally paid to provide supportive space for exploration and to offer tools tailored to your specific needs. They'll help you understand the root causes of your fear and provide you with coping mechanisms to work through it. I was just talking last night with some friends at a birthday about how radically different my life has been through, um, you know, medication and through um, other sort of deepening forms. But at the heart of all of it, it's been my therapy. Um, I want to shout out my boy, Scott. He has at times unhyperbolically saved my life. And while I know, especially with the financial barrier of it, it can feel impossible, but there are resources, there are ways and I have to say, I just sometimes can't get behind the argument that it's not worth the money because it will make every element of your life better. And so it really is worth the investment. Um, you know, you are worth that investment. So please do consider finding those resources. But just remember again, overcoming this fear of intimacy is a journey. And it is essential to be patient and to be kind with yourself along the way. Vulnerability takes courage, but it also opens the door to deeper connections and authentic relationships. Another couple steps that you can try out along the way is uh, step four, practice self-reflection. I know I already touched on this a little bit, but um, one thing you can try doing is set aside a regular time every day for self-reflection and journaling. Take that time to explore your emotions, your thoughts, and reflect on the patterns of your behavior. This practice can help give you insight into your fears and understand how they're affecting you and your relationships. And I find that if you do this in a committed, um, consistent manner, what you then end up with is this roadmap of how your mind works. And so a month, six months, a year down the road, once you filled that first, second, third journal, you get to go back and read it and see, you know, what you were thinking about, what you were worried about, and how you have been adjusting accordingly. Next, and this is another bit of a reiteration, but build trust gradually. Because trust is an essential component of intimacy. 
So you have to take the time to build trust in your relationships by setting healthy boundaries, communicating openly, and following through on your commitments. As this trust grows, so too does the potential for deeper connections. But you have to remember, you can't just show up and expect people to trust you in the same way that it's not necessarily always safe to show up and immediately grant your trust to anyone and everyone. So that's why you have to start slow and build it and see if the person you're trying to build this intimacy with is even interested in connecting in a trusting and consistent way. Which kind of leads into, funny, uh, uh, not meant as a contradiction, but um, the next step is to embrace vulnerability. I think I might have said this in the past before on the show, but um, Saul Williams, one of my all-time favorite poets, has a line that says, true power is vulnerability. It's not guns or knives or muscles. It's how vulnerable can you hold yourself in the world? You have to understand that vulnerability is not a weakness, but a strength. It allows for authentic connections and creates space for others to open up as well. If you embrace vulnerability, you can embrace your true thoughts and feelings, even when it feels uncomfortable at first. And that brings me back to another thought I'm constantly trying to reiterate, which is that you can't change other people. You can only change yourself. So if you really commit to internalizing the embracing of vulnerability, you can then bring that to the world and demonstrate it. And if people feel inspired by it, then they're going to try and change their own lives. But you can't force it on anyone. You can only ever impose something on your on yourself. Even then, those are the wrong words. I'm kind of spitballing here. But it's just the idea of embracing it for yourself first and then showing it to the world and essentially connecting to the people who it resonates with. And a last little step, and this one's a little simpler, but also a little bit further along, is the idea of practicing active listening. If you want someone to trust you, if you want someone to be intimate with you, you have to deepen your connection by proactively listening to them. Give your full attention to others. Show them empathy and validate their emotions. By demonstrating this practice, it creates a safe and supportive environment for open and honest communication. But like, how can you expect anyone to trust you or be intimate with you if you're glued to your phone or if you're constantly doing something else? Obviously, there are gradients to this and there are um, contextual um, points. For instance, being on the spectrum myself, it's really difficult for me to hold eye contact for any length of time. So, um, you know, people who I have in my life in an intimate capacity, I make sure to communicate that like, I'm listening, I'm with you, I'm just staring over here, but I'm with you. And so really working on that connection and that communication is, is really key. But making sure that you are giving them the attention and the patience and, and the, the, the validation that they need to feel safe is going to do wonders in encouraging them to give that back to you. And yeah, that's my little guide. You know, overcoming this fear of intimacy requires dedication and patience. It's really important to remember that everyone's journey is going to be unique and there's no set timeline for progress. So just always be kind to yourself and celebrate even the smallest little steps forward. As my teachers in the applied theater stream always love to say, it's not about the product, it's about the process. And that's all I've got written. I want to encourage you right now to take a moment and reflect on your own journey. 
Are there fears or barriers to intimacy that you'd like to overcome? And if you're feeling comfortable with that, I'd love it if you shared your thoughts and experiences with me. Um, you can find me on social media at FriendlessPod. You can email me at FriendlessPod at gmail.com. Or you can also find some resources on the Friendless website that I have just started refreshing and rebooting. I would genuinely love to hear from you and provide any support that I can along your path. But that's it for now. So thank you so much for joining me on this little guy episode. I want you to remember that you have the power to break free from this fear and cultivate the deep connections that you not only desire, but deserve. Embrace vulnerability, practice self-compassion, and open yourself up to the beautiful, authentic relationships that you deserve. If you want more friendless content, be sure to sign up for the Substack newsletter. The links are in the show notes. You're going to get a monthly update on tips of how to be a better friend to yourself and to the world around you, along with books, music, movies, podcast recommendations, writing prompts, all kinds of fun stuff. And it's all totally free. So you genuinely don't have an excuse. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this puppy up. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I will be back next week with a brand new interview that I am so excited to share. You're going to love it. I hope to see you back here. But hey, I'm not going to worry about that now, and neither should you. Because that is then, and this is now. So for now, I'm just going to say I love you, and I wish you well. Fun and safety, sweeties. <laughs>